Welcome to Radiant Living, your go-to podcast for holistic health and wellness. I'm your host, Lexi. Get ready to unlock the keys to Radiant Living and ignite your journey towards a healthier, happier you. Join as we dive into nutrition, exercise, mindfulness, and alternative therapies, providing the inspiration and tools you need to make sustainable changes. Let's unleash your full potential and embrace the vibrant, balanced life that you've always dreamed of. The time is now. Let's kickstart your journey to vibrant health and start living your most radiant life. Are you ready? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second episode of the Radiant Living Podcast. Today, I'm so excited for today's conversation because I am a huge advocate for Ayurveda, and it's just something so interesting, and once you hear about it, you're going to be like, wow, that makes so much sense. Also, I hope the audio is a little bit better in this episode. I know the first episode was a little rocky, but I think I got it all figured out now, so hopefully... Hopefully we're all good now. Um, So Ayurveda is your body's way of trying to balance your doshas. And I'll give you a little dosha 101. We have three doshas and we're all three. It's kind of like your body's constitution in a way. Um, They are elements. They correlate to elements. So vata, which is me, I'm more vata than the other two. But it's the element air. Um, and then we have pitta, which is fire, and then we have kapha, which is earth. And vata, vata being air is kind of the attributes of that are like having your head in the clouds, not being grounded, having a lot of ideas, but not following through with them, um, and being creative. We're the visionaries and we look at things from the bigger picture. If I have my vata out of balance, like I have too much vata, it just means that I don't know where to start. And I find this a lot with myself is I've got all these ideas and I'm like, I don't know where to start. Like I want to go all in on one thing, but I'm like, I don't know which one I'm the most passionate about. So that's kind of one of um, the downfalls of that. But Y'all already know I have suffered with such bad gut health in the past and excess vata can look like being bloated, gassy, having constipation, anxiety, insomnia, and restlessness. And um, a way to balance these symptoms is to get grounded and rooted because if you're too high in the air, you need to come down. You need to get grounded. And a way to do that is eating like grounding vegetables, like really anything that grows in the ground, like beets are the first thing that come to mind. Um, squash, sweet potato, anything that's like mushy, soft, warm, those things are really good when my vata gets out of balance. Um, this is interesting too, because it's cool that it like covers so many different topics, but it talks about exercise. What vatas should do if you are out of balance as a vata is strength training because you're always on the go. Like cardio is just not going to help with that fight or flight sort of response. So getting in a good strength training session can be extremely beneficial. And I just want to mention that 
just because I mentioned some of these things, like you really need to listen to your own body because it is very individual to what you need. So make sure that you're finding balance in all of these things and do things that feel good for you. Like maybe cardio does feel good to you. Just make sure you listen to your body and tune into your body. Okay, so the next one is Pitta. This is my second one. This one comes in number two for me. Um, and that is the element of fire. So this can be disciplined, organized, the goal setter, strong, fast, and competent. Too much can make the eruption. Like, think of a volcano. Like, if you have too much fire, you're going to erupt. And that can look like being impatient, frustrated, hot-headed, angry, And if you have like too much fire in your digestion, it can cause inflammation, make you super acidic, it can cause heartburn, rashes, hives, acne, and oily skin because it's like you have so much fire in you, it's trying to find a way to escape so it comes out as oil. So it, it can cause oily skin, which often leads to acne. And a lot of people who have a pitta imbalance are highly stressed because it ignites the fire inside of them. And so when you have a pitta imbalance, you're going to want to eat more cooling foods, like summery foods, like anything that's seasonally grown in the summer, like leafy greens and sprouts and juicy fruits. Those can all be really helpful for a pitta imbalance. Spicy foods are probably not the best option for this dosha, Coffee is very acidic, so it's not going to help with your heartburn. You might want to lay off of it. And garlic is super acidic as well. Tomatoes, they can cause inflammation. And pittas have the strongest digestive system, so they're usually the more like lean people who might eat not the best diet, but are also very lean and don't gain weight when they eat this crappy food. The exercises that would be really helpful are HIIT workouts, anything competitive because they like the competition. Those are the exercises that they're typically drawn to, but if you have an imbalance, it's way better to lean more towards like yin yoga so you can balance that fire in you or like swimming because it's really hydrating. You're in the water, it's cooling. Um, And then I just wanted to give a couple more like symptoms of a pitta imbalance this might be you and this might be something that you want to look into but um it can be autoimmune conditions depression diarrhea gastric ulcers hormonal imbalances hypothyroidism inflammation migraines and premature aging so here's a couple tips for you if you find that your pitta is out of balance Again, I want you to find what works for you, but make sure you're eating lots of cooling foods like aloe and coconut and make sure you're resting and relaxing. We want to get that stress down. Practice self-care. You can do like a self-massage with coconut oil or anything like that. Just make sure that it's cooling and relaxing and really bringing down that fire. Okay, and the last dosha, this is last on me, which is, it makes a lot of sense for me, (laughs) but um, 
kapha and that is the element of earth this is to someone who moves slow someone who enjoys somebody who breathes um this energy is very restoring very grounding they share what they need boundaries and when your kava is not balanced you can have resistance to exercise and movement new habits change resistance like you don't want things to change you just want to kind of stay in your little comfort bubble but you need to move you need to stimulate and bring up more pitta some of the foods that are really nourishing for kapha is cumin ginger coriander turmeric we want to get the metabolism moving again something else that is really nourishing for this imbalance is like brussels sprouts asparagus swiss chard and broccoli things that tend to grow in the spring and are very detoxifying i am always dealing with phlegm but that's one of the signs of a kapha imbalance so it could be like phlegm or allergies gaining weight in the lower body because your body's trying to ground so you're gaining weight in your lower body mucus coughing asthma clammy or cold hands it's a very cold energy if you want to try and like spot someone who is mostly kapha they usually have the best skin they're they have a dewy and warm complexion and they have the highest immune systems so though they tend to not work out things that are things that would be really nourishing for a kapha imbalance is running cardio zumba just something that they love something that gets them moving something that is really stimulating to the body but is just super fun and you might want to get an accountability partner so they like go do go do a yoga class together go swim in the mornings go hiking like make it fun make it something you enjoy take the pressure off of it make it like a reward ayurveda is our body's way of trying to balance our doshas so like in the summer you may crave more cooling foods because maybe you have a vata imbalance and so your body is just trying to balance that with more cooling foods on the flip side of that though if you come into a state of imbalance like you're just chronically imbalanced you might crave more imbalancing foods like you might crave more junk food and that's something that i noticed on my wellness journey as well is like when I started making these changes, I started craving more nourishing things. Like it didn't feel like I was on a diet. And that's what I mean about sustainable and lifestyle changes is it didn't feel like I was on this restrictive diet. It was just like, I'm craving curry. Like I want something really grounded, really warm, really rooted. And over time, your appetite and your cravings just change. And I feel like that's just your body's intuition. Like it just strengthens it and i feel like all this junk food and stuff completely just suppresses that and just makes us crave more suppressing foods so a common practice in ayurveda is self-massage and like an oil massage so every once in a while i don't do this like every day but every once in a while i'll take coconut oil and do like a nice full body massage it's called abhyanga and consistently doing this massage can help improve your circulation and immunity. 
It encourages joint lubrication and supports the elimination of toxins and impurities. It also increases the tone and strength of body tissues. I'm sure you guys have seen this a lot on TikTok. I know I have um, when I'm coming when I'm going across all the holistic hacks like a lot of people do that as well as like lymphatic and they have all these weird tools that they do that with I just do it when I need it but I mostly do it before bed I take like a castor oil and since I have such a sensitive digestion I always take like oil and I just put it on my stomach at night and then I'll do a lymphatic drainage massage on my stomach and just a little tip if you want to implement this into your practice when you're trying to balance your doshas, just make sure you're choosing oils based on your predominant dosha type and maybe like the season. Like if you're in the summer, make sure it's more cooling like coconut oil. Or if it's in the summer, you could do sesame oil. Or in the winter, you could do a more warming oil like sesame oil. Another thing, and this is not something that I implement, but something that I will eventually is nasal cleansing. I have done a few meditations where you breathe in each individual nostril and you plug you plug one of your nostrils and then breathe in and out the other and I usually do that with like a peppermint oil and it feels very cleansing to my sinuses but what something they do in Ayurveda is like a neti pot so you can do nasal cleansing and they call it jala neti. Um, it helps moisten dried out nasal passages due to like dry air and it removes your mucus and maybe if there's like pollutants in your sinus system. In Ayurveda, they believe that this practice balances the right and left sides of your brain and improves blood circulation, and digestion for all of the doshas. Okay, this is something that I do implement daily. I don't, I honestly get so grossed out if I don't do this, but another Ayurvedic practice is tongue scraping. And this is another thing that I see floating around on TikTok a lot. Um, but seriously, if you start doing this, it will change your life. Like, I feel disgusting now if I don't do it. Like every morning I wake up, I'm like afraid to swallow because I'm like, I am swallowing all these toxins that I just developed overnight. Like I need to get these off my tongue. So if you like look at someone who has a super, super white tongue, they might need to address some health issues there. It removes toxins, it helps your digestive health, it activates your taste buds, and improves your immune system. Not to mention, it removes your bad breath. Like, oh my gosh, it has changed my breath. I don't really drink coffee that much anymore, but when I was, it was so helpful to scrape my tongue after drinking coffee because it just caused, it literally caused havoc in my mouth and my smell. Okay, another thing is oil pulling. This one I've known about for a long time. Like before I was ever introduced to any of these practices or this way of life at all, like for some reason my mom told me about it when I was like really little. And the reason that I was really interested in it is because she said that it like whitens your teeth. 
And so that was kind of the main reason I did it. And then I did a little reading on it and I was probably like 12. And so I just, I did it a lot when I was little. Um, so basically you just take like a tablespoon or a scoop of oil and you put it in your mouth and then you swish it around for like 20 minutes and it whitens your teeth, removes bacteria and fungus from your teeth and your mouth and your throat. It helps detoxify your entire body and it reduces allergies and improves your sleep. There are multiple scientific studies that show that regular oil pulling does a lot of good things, but one of the things is like helps with gum disease and bad breath. Just make sure if you do it, just make sure you don't swallow it because it is pulling so many toxins from your body and from your mouth. Like you do not want to swallow that stuff. Trust me. Um, and then just spit it into a garbage can. You can do it in the sink, but I don't recommend it because it can cause like plumbing issues or issues in your sink. Another practice that they have is this thing called food combining. I'm not going to talk too much about this one, but um, basically it's like you just want to make sure that you're not putting too, you want to separate your foods. You don't want to have like two heavy foods together like eggs and cheese. This is digestive fire. So you eat your heaviest meal in the middle of the day and right before that meal, you take like a low dosage of bitter or sour something before your meal to increase the secretion of hydraulic acid in the stomach. And just to go hand in hand with this, um, this is something that I recently learned as well, is don't drink water during your meal because it messes with the acid in your stomach and doesn't create like an optimal environment for digesting your food. Okay, and this one's really cute. I really like this one because I I feel like I I feel like I grew up doing this because if we would eat dinner as a family, we would sit around the table and we would pray for our meal and we would give our thanks for it and we would acknowledge that it is providing us with nutrients. So basically you give gratitude. It's not just before a meal, it's just like you practice daily gratitude. Um, and this is called Santosha, and it's basically just the philosophy of cultivating contentment. It's just like encouraging you to be at peace with what's available in each moment. So just being like really present and just being really thankful for everything that's like right in front of you and not overly focusing on the future and what the future has to offer because there's so much to offer there's so much that can be offered in the present moment. In the Ayurvedic tradition, anything can be potentially balancing medicine. So they use gratitude as a possible healer of the negative. There are so many studies that show that shifting your mindset through daily pause, focus on contentment can have a powerful mental and physical health impact. So something I do every day is I do say prayers every single day. Um... But in the morning, I usually start off my prayers with just giving a long, long list of like what I'm thankful for. And something I heard is in your prayers, implement, like when you're saying what you're thankful for, make sure you mention all the things that you wouldn't be okay not having tomorrow. And that really hit me because I was like, there are so many things. Like I could wake up tomorrow and not have my house. 
I could wake up tomorrow and not have my cute dog. I could wake up tomorrow and not have my health. Like there's so many things that we take for granted every single day. And just taking a moment to pause and reflect on those, it just helps your mental health so much. And it doesn't, it helps you to not feel lack. Because so many of us are like, I wish I had a bigger house. I wish I got paid more. I wish la la la. Like set those goals, work towards that good job, but you're never going to get there if you are constantly feeling lack. Like you might accomplish your goals, but guess what? When you do, you're going to be thinking the same thing. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. You're going to keep striving for more and it's not bad to strive for more, but you need to learn to appreciate where you're at in every situation or you're never going to reach a place of contentment because contentment is now. Contentment is in the present. Another thing I know, another way that a lot of people do it is like morning pages. I personally am not much of a writer. I don't really write in journals. If I do journal, I usually will record my journal entries, I have an app called Day One. And every once in a while, I'll just go in there and like put in a recording and it transcribes it for me. And that's just what work has worked for me. But a gratitude journal hasn't really been a part of my practice. I just don't see myself implementing it. I love the idea of it. But honestly, for me, it's just not something that is going to work for me. But if it's going to work for you, that is great. But honestly, it doesn't need to be this big thing. Like even if you are going on a walk, just look at the clouds, look at the sky, look at the dogs running, feel your feet in the grass, like just be really present. And I guarantee you without even trying, you will find so many things that you're thankful for. So that is my little Ayurveda 101. I love Ayurveda so much and I feel like it is just such a cool practice and there's so much more to it. There's a few books if you're really interested in it. There's a few books you can read. Like I think the last book that I read about it because I was just so curious about the lifestyle and I really thought it was so beautiful is Beginner, Beginner's Guide to Ayurveda, I think. But I'm sure there's plenty of books out there that you could get in, get your hands on. And if you're curious to find out your dosha, there are so many free quizzes online. I don't know which one I did, but literally just go and Google and type like free dosha quiz. And it's just like a quick, you just answer a few things like how's your digestion, how's your sleep, how's your skin constitution, things like that. I want to thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this was so interesting for you. I hope you love it as much as I do. And as always, I love you guys. Goodbye.